Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Driven by Curiosity podcast. For today's interview, I have my friend Jana here on the show. I have interviewed Jana previously on the podcast about studying abroad, and you guys really liked the episode. And in this podcast episode, we are talking about what Jana has been doing in 2020, which is she was an au pair in Belgium, and now in 2021, she's going to be a voluntary English teacher in Honduras. So I really hope that this podcast episode gives you a few ideas on, you know, how you can still go abroad right now. You know, maybe you think traveling for like holidays or vacation maybe right now isn't so possible. Um, but there's so many other options. Or even if, you know, your study abroad plans got canceled, maybe you want to consider something similar to what Jana is doing. So I just want to show you with this episode that even if you think something is impossible, there are always ways to figure it out and to still do it anyway. Like people are still going abroad and finding ways. And yeah, it's different from how it used to be. But you know, there are still so many ways to step outside your comfort zone and to have incredible, unforgettable experiences. So, and before we get started with this episode, I want to invite you to join my Girls Abroad membership. If you want to go abroad in 2021, but you feel very scared, you just want a support system that really helps you and guides you along the way, step by step, I would love to have you in the Girls Abroad membership. This is my monthly online community, empowering girls to go abroad. We have a new theme every single month, all about really living your best life and stepping outside your comfort zone. In there, you have a private support community. You have a monthly group coaching call with me where you can ask me all of your questions. You get monthly masterclasses, journaling prompts, visualizations and challenges really all around going abroad. So we have themes in there all about making money abroad, organizing your finances, you know, making friends or even finding out what you really want to do. You know, do you want to do an au pair or study abroad better for you? What is your big vision of your life? We're really talking about so many different topics in the Girls Abroad membership and I would love to have you in there. So if you're interested, it is linked in the show notes down below and I will see you in there. Hi, Anna, and welcome to the Driven by Curiosity podcast. I am very excited to have you here. And my first question to you, because this podcast is all about empowering girls to step outside their comfort zone. So when was the last time that you stepped outside your comfort zone? Um, hi, Laura. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure to be there. <laughs> and uh, wow. My last time I stepped out of the comfort zone, it was, whew, well, practically, it was when I traveled to Belgium uh, at the end of August, uh, but theoretically, <laughs> it's been during these past days because I'm trying to sort out my journey to Honduras that is happening within a couple of weeks. So I feel like I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone every single day these days because you know, I need to plan everything out and empower myself mm. to actually deal with all this stuff. It's, of course, a bit more difficult nowadays. So uh, I definitely need to step out of my comfort zone a bit and encourage myself every single day that 
just gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And well, I'm so glad to have you uh, on the podcast today to share more about your experience in Belgium as an au pair, <laughs> as well as the upcoming experience in Honduras. As I'm really excited to ask you some questions. But before we get started with that, do you just want to introduce yourself? Let us know, you know, what you're doing and how you got to where you are today. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. So my name is Jana. I'm 23 years old. I had to think about it for a minute because I'm, <laughs> it always gets me confused. Like, how old am I? Okay, I'm 23 years old. Um, I'm originally from the Czech Republic. And my whole traveling journey probably started, uh, it's been almost five years ago, five years ago, four and a half years ago, when I moved to Scotland to study abroad, to be a full-time student there. And... Since then, I've been pretty much constantly on the move. Uh, I spent a semester abroad in Belgium, other semester abroad in Barcelona. Um, now, as I said, I, I uh, worked as opera in Belgium again, <laughs> and now I'm planning to travel abroad again. So it's been, yeah, it's been just a constant journey of, never really spending too much time in my home country and I just love it I just love it and it's it's just essential part of my life nowadays and I I don't know like uh to be honest I don't really think about it as something as something special or something extraordinary it's just my life and it's just part of my lifestyle and yeah (laughs) it's the way it is Yeah, well, that's super inspiring. Um, And I'm sure the listeners are really going to get some inspiration from (laughs) this episode today. I think that's like my big goal with this is to just show that, you know, Mm -hmm. even nowadays when we think that traveling, you know, is harder and it's not possible and, you know, there are so many things we can't do and blah, 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 blah. Like I really want to share today by interviewing you that there are still opportunities to go abroad and people are doing Mm -hmm. it. And so first of all, like, it's kind of a general question, but mm-hmm. so you've spent time abroad before COVID, obviously, and yes. now also during COVID. So mm-hmm. what would you say are like some of the big differences or are there huge differences or does it feel similar or what's like your general experience mm-hmm. of being abroad? I would say the biggest difference is the is the traveling to the certain destination itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because before that, I wouldn't really consider traveling or like taking a plane or taking a bus as a big issue. It was a normal process for me, something very natural. I wouldn't really get stressed about it. I wouldn't really care about it that much uh, prior to the actual departure. Mm-hmm. But now it's, I don't know, It's it just doesn't feel, doesn't doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel it feels very restricted because it is mm-hmm. restricted to a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, when I uh, took a bus to Belgium, we were well, we were passing Germany to get to, to Belgium from the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. So, on the German borders, we were all bus was stopped, and all the passengers had to get out of the bus. And I don't know, it just felt a bit intimidating. It didn't really feel like you had full freedom you know mm. uh mm-hmm. so that and then of course you have to fill fill out a lot of forms to make sure everything's right and also you need to get 
in most of the cases you need to get a negative COVID-19 test. So yeah, it's a bit pricey. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like there is this uncertainty because you get the test and you still don't know, like there is a chance you will be positive and you will not be able to travel anywhere. So if you get tested positive, then like, bye, you are staying home, you are not getting anywhere, you know? So there is this uncertainty, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in terms of actually being in a certain destination, um, this really depends. It really depends what your experience is, what your expectations are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I should speak from my own experience, it didn't affect me that much because I was working as au pair and I was staying in a family house, uh, which was pretty pretty safe, pretty isolated anyway. It wasn't in the city center. So it didn't really change my schedule, my daily routine. Uh, but then as the, as the dest- uh, restrictions got a bit tighter, I would say in the middle of October or so, I could feel some changes in my free time because before that I would travel to city center pretty often and just go to coffee shops, restaurants. And then I couldn't obviously because they were shut down. Mm. Uh, but I can't say that I had a negative experience. I can't say that it affected me negatively. Um, I don't know. It's really, It was really important for me in that time to make compromises and to try to find a different solution, how to entertain myself. Mm-hmm. And of course, sometimes I was like, oh, it would be so nice to go, you know, for a coffee, for a warm coffee. Uh, but yeah, like there was nothing I could do about it. And I tried to enjoy myself anyways. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and besides that, like besides just trying to find, you know, other ways to do it, like to to still have a good time. So basically mm-hmm. being, you know, adaptable and to be open for compromise, to not be so stuck on like your expectations. What, like mm-hmm. how else, like, for example, how are you dealing with the whole uncertainty? Like, I, I think that would stress me out as well. Like, you know, with the test and with all mm-hmm. the, you know, traveling and stuff, like, what are you telling yourself to really get through all of this? Yeah, like, as I said now, it's been quite hard in terms of like planning my departure to Honduras because I of course need to get tested negative but there's been so many cases around me nowadays and yeah like the cases in Czech Republic are still increasing and mm-hmm. yeah there is there's, there's definitely a chance that I can get the virus before my departure so of course there is that there is that you know uncertainty that I might not be able to depart to Honduras on time but I keep on telling myself that even if I get the the virus even if I won't be able to depart on time I I can recover and I can travel there later of course mm-hmm. it will be more complicated of course I would have to rebook my flight I would have to communicate with the school I'm going to volunteer at but you know like there is always a way of doing it and if you really want to do something you can and you will so that's what I keep on telling myself that at the end everything's gonna be fine everything's gonna figure out somehow but of course it's not gonna figure out itself you need to put some willpower and put some energy to it as well so yeah it's all about the mindset for me 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, with everyone that I've talked to that has been going abroad, even during, during the pandemic, like every single person is like, the reason why they can still go abroad is not mm -hmm. because they have like a certain, I don't know, advantage, but it's just their, like what they believe, you know, like they want mm -hmm. it so badly that they are willing to make those compromises. And, yeah, for sure. and they're not going for this picture perfect abroad experience but to just take the experience now the way it is um so yeah I think that's really empowering and <laughs> thanks for sharing that and <laughs> I do want to ask you first about your au pair experience in Belgium so <laughs> just kind of give us a little insight into how you know you, you got there like how how was the process okay so <laughs> it was very very random <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I hadn't really planned working as an author this this year, or I don't know, like it it was it was something I was not planning to do at all mm -hmm. because I was already an author uh, summer 2016 just for two months, and it was a good experience for me. But I told myself I would never ever do it again <laughs> <laughs> because it was I don't know it was a bit yeah I, I don't know like as I said I liked the experience but. I just, yeah, <laughs> I just felt like I wouldn't be able to deal with it anymore. Uh, but anyway, uh, I this this past year, well, it's already past year, 2020, uh, I graduated from university and then it was time for me to find a full-time job because I didn't want to continue studying masters. So I kept on, I kept on looking, I kept on trying to find a job. Uh, both abroad, both in my home country. I was looking everywhere. I was trying <laughs> everything, I must say. Mm -hmm. I was looking for jobs in in uh, my field, but also in retail, in uh, customer service. I just needed something, mm -hmm. but I couldn't find anything. And I think it was also influenced by the current situation of the coronavirus restrictions because the unemployment uh, rate was very high at that time so it was pretty hard to find something and I was desperate I was really desperate I was so unhappy I must say even a bit depressed it was yeah just not good at all mm -hmm. and then I don't know how but that idea that I could maybe work as opera crossed my mind I didn't really know how it came to my <laughs> mind but it just did and I was like hey Jana just just do it like this might be my only option so just go for it <laughs> and then the process was pretty pretty fast I just you know researched some opera groups on Facebook uh, I just wanted to make it as fast and as easy as possible because when I went to, uh, to work as an opera before 2000 mm -hmm. in 2016 I went with um, agency so there was the whole process that took some time took some money some money away from me so I didn't want to do it again even though I think it's always better to have you know like someone you can rely on uh, in the form of agency but in my case I just didn't want to go through all of the processes again and just wanted to have it done fast <laughs> mm -hmm. so I yeah I pretty much just reached out to uh, to some Facebook groups, you know, like Opera Europe, Opera World, Opera, yeah, <laughs> just many of those. And I actually didn't care where I would be going. I didn't mind the city. I didn't mind the country. I just wanted to, 
staying within Europe, of course, because yeah, because during the pandemic it was it wasn't and it's still not very easy to travel, you know, overseas. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty much my only requirement to be within Europe. Uh, and yeah, it took only a couple of days, maybe a week. And a family from Belgium actually reached out to me. And I always say it was a kind of a destiny because as I already mentioned, I stayed in Belgium uh, two years ago. I studied there. It was a study exchange, Erasmus study exchange just for one semester, but it was uh, incredible. It was the time of my life and I just love Belgium, Brussels in particular. And yeah, I happened to go, happened going to Brussels again this year and I didn't plan it at all and it just happened. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just felt super lucky, super grateful. Mm-hmm. And now when I look back, I must say it was the best decision I could do at the time because yeah, if I didn't, if I didn't decide, if I didn't decide to apply for the opera job, I would probably still be like sitting here in my laptop trying to find a corporate job or something so yeah yeah and I'm, I'm really curious how like so you said Facebook groups are there like mm-hmm. specific Facebook groups that you recommend or like how did you find like something where you trust that it's like something proper mm-hmm. so if you would be like me I recommend Oper Europe it's very generic uh, you can you know find a job within yeah within Europe there Mm-hmm. And then there are many many groups that are specific, you know, that are specified uh, for a certain country. So yeah, if you have some certain preferences, if you know you would like to work as an opera in Denmark, for example, or in Belgium, you can just type in uh, opera Denmark, opera Belgium. Almost every single country has its own group, mm-hmm. but uh, I in particular have uh, experience with the opera world. No, sorry, <laughs> Opera Europe. Opera World is a different web page, but I wouldn't recommend it this much. But yeah, Opera Europe. That's the mm. Facebook group I found a job. Yeah. And um, so you you just um, basically, like in that Facebook group, can like mm-hmm. anyone post, like from the Opera, like the people who host you, like the hosts, do they have to be like, recognized or how did you like really trust that they're like genuine people if that makes sense Uh, yeah this is a bit tricky because this group is open to anyone really I think it's not even a private group it's just a public group that everyone can see Mm -hmm. and yeah I think this can be an issue for some people you really need to be aware who you communicate with because I know that some girls in the group are like even boys, like boys can be operas as well. So some people wrote that some, you know, host families were scammers or some, even like girls applying to be opera were scammers. Mm. And uh, you really don't know who is trustworthy, who is not just by looking at the profile or looking at them, looking at the note they leave. So you really need to make sure you schedule a video call with them. Yeah, that's very important to video call with them prior to your arrival, for sure. So you can know not only speak with them but also see them yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is definitely a uh, rule number one that should everyone that everyone should follow and I also wanted to say something yeah uh, 
uh, I was also very lucky because I managed to get in touch with their with the opera they had before me. Mm. So I know how it kind of worked out there, and I knew that they are reliable family, that they are actual family, you know. Uh, so yeah, if you if you are lucky enough to find someone like that, because in some cases, uh, opera's from some host families who are, you know, about to leave, uh, they would do the posting themselves. So they would be looking for a new opera for their host family they are leaving. Mm. So this is also a good way how to make sure the family is reliable to connect with the opera they had in the past or they are currently having. Yeah, those are such great tips. So um, make sure that you maybe get into a family that had an au pair before, reach Mm -hmm. out to that au pair, um, and talk to them about their experience and then also make sure you video call the people and you just get to know them in advance. I think those are two really, really good strategies. I think yes, that yes. was also like, if I would be doing that, I think I would feel really good. It's always like with anything, really, it's always great to be talking to someone who has been there before, who can like give you insights. I think that makes mm-hmm. you feel so much more comfortable. So mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, no problem. I am wondering as well, like, so if someone is, or like, why should someone consider doing au pair versus, I don't know, like, uh, like you're doing in Honduras, like voluntary Mm -hmm. English teaching or some other form, like what is like the benefit of doing an au pair and who it's, or being an au pair and and who it's for? Yeah. So if I should compare with volunteering, of course, uh, there is the idea of the reward. So you are still an employer. Uh, in terms of opera, so you are getting a salary. It's mm-hmm. a job like any other, pretty much. So you are being paid. And in terms of volunteering, you are either not being paid at all, or you are getting just a tiny stipend just for some, you know, expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I should compare it to other jobs, of course, it's not so well paid because it's still um it's it's still a job for like young people and it's more about the cultural exchange as well mm-hmm. uh than like a actual desire to make a career or to make a huge money <laughs> money amount so it's not so well paid but it's okay it's okay it like if you don't want to spend thousands and thousands monthly uh if you don't need to you know uh save a lot for something it's all right uh it will be enough for you because you are having your accommodation paid and your food paid that was in my case and in some cases i know that they pay even for transportations and other things uh so yeah that was the money um then it's very flexible uh it's a job for young people, most families don't accept people who are over 26. That's also important to mention. Mm. Uh, And sometimes it's even given by the government, by the regulations of the certain country. Because I know in Belgium, you can't be over 26 to work as an au pair. I don't know how it works in other countries, but I think it's pretty similar. I think in in the US, you also can't be over 26, but I'm not not 100% sure about that. Mm -hmm. so yeah Uh, 
so yeah i mean it's an ideal job if you are young uh if you don't want to start like a full-time job yet if you want to travel a bit experience something else go abroad spend some time abroad earn some money so ideal job for you yeah and how did your just like the last question i want to ask about the au pair how did your week look like like can you give us an insight into like your daily life and how uh-huh. your was structured and how much time you actually had to explore yeah so this is super super individual it will differ for everyone mm-hmm. uh, so it's really hard to generalize but if i should give you like a overview of my week i worked from monday till thursday uh, i And then I had a Friday off and then I worked Saturday morning and Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty busy. <laughs> It sounds horrible like this, but, uh, but um, you know, like in the, during the weekdays, I had to do some you know, household chores in the morning. And then the actual time I spent with the children wasn't so long. So that was from around 4 p.m. until... 8 p.m. or something like that mm-hmm. it was different every day like slightly different every day uh because every day is, is different <laughs> in everyday life for everyone uh but yeah and then on friday i had a full day off so this was the time when i went to different cities in belgium uh before coronavirus well i mean before the restriction got very tight mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, on Saturday and Sunday, I worked from 8 a.m. until 12 a.m. Uh, so after lunch, I also had some time to explore. So during these days, I mostly went to Brussels city center because I lived very close to Brussels, pretty much on the suburbs of Brussels. So these were the days when I traveled to Brussels. Or I just stayed home chilling. Yeah, it really depended on my mood and the weather as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah I was actually thinking about how many hours I worked a week but I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so daily I worked around two, around five hours a day maybe mm-hmm. yeah yeah something like that something like that but as I said sometimes it would be less sometimes more But yeah, let's say five. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for giving us like that insight. I think your tips and your, um, yeah, just your experience really help. And I I guess if anyone still has questions, you can always also reach out either to me or to Jana or just reach out to Jana maybe and just DM (laughs) her on Instagram and just ask her. She's for sure gonna help you if you still have any questions. Quick mid-roll break. If you're enjoying this podcast episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if you take a screenshot of you listening right now and if you share it on your Instagram stories and tag me and Jana on Instagram. Our handles are linked down below in the show notes so we can reshare it and we can connect with you. Honestly, that helps so much to you know grow this podcast and to share our message so we can empower more girls around the world to step outside your comfort zone so thank you so so much for helping me spread that message and i want to move on to what you're doing now or what you're about to do so tell us about Mm -hmm. your 
um, adventure in Honduras and how all of that came came into your life? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it was super random. <laughs> I mean, in my case, everything just starts with idea and then it just gets going. <laughs> so the idea of volunteering has been on my mind for a very long time, I would say for years. It's been always something I wanted to tick off my bucket list, imaginary bucket list, because yeah, it's just, it's been always something I wanted to experience in any form, volunteering in any form, just doing something that would benefit others. Because I also said that uh, during the interview for the job, I said that I feel like I've been receiving so much But so far, I haven't really had the opportunity to give to others. So now I feel like it's my turn to start giving instead of receiving. Uh, in terms of my language skills, in terms of terms of my experiences abroad, in terms of, yeah, just just my qualities as a person, if there are any. <laughs> so, yeah, I just feel like it's time to do that. Because, mm. you know, for example, I'm going to be teaching little kids English. So for me, uh, English has been essential part of my study abroad journey because knowing a language has opened the doors for me. Mm. And I just want to give the kids the opportunity to experience um, things I did, to yeah. just have the opportunity to explore, to travel abroad. And of course, for kids from Honduras, it's not so easy as for us Europeans. So. Yeah, English is a good key to many doors. And yeah, I, uh, yeah, as I said before, I graduated from university. I was looking for jobs, couldn't find any. So I was thinking I could maybe start volunteering um, from uh, September 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't really possible because of the coronavirus and travel restriction, travel ban. And also the school year there starts in February. So it makes mm -hmm. more sense to start uh, when the school year starts. Of course, if you want, uh, you can come during the school year as well. But it makes more sense to, you know, start <laughs> when the actual uh, school year starts. Mm -hmm. uh, so I actually did the interview for the job in June, before I even knew I was going to Belgium to work as an au pair. Mm -hmm. So it's been in the planning for a long time. Uh, and how I actually, yeah, how I actually, <laughs> how I actually came to this job. So I'm sorry if I like rambling because <laughs> I, I got lost in my own thoughts. So yeah, I, I said, okay, wait. <laughs> uh, how you got to the English teaching position? Like how? Did yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, as I said, it's been a dream of mine for a long time to do something like that. And since uh, I was a full-time student until last year, there wasn't really time to do that. So I thought after graduating, it would be the great time to do so. Mm -hmm. So, so. I started researching and I, again, I didn't really care about the country that much. I just wanted to be in the Latin America. 
because Latin America is my dream destination and I just feel it's super great. I also love Spanish. I love Spanish culture. I love Latin American culture. So always wanted to visit one of those countries. Mm-hmm. So that was my only requirement. It needs to be in uh, Latin America. So I just started to Google pretty much. <laughs> I just started to Google and I also didn't mind what kind of volunteering job would that be. Uh, of course, I prefer something that would have uh, impact on people rather than, you know, like gardening or something like that. I mean, of course, it's useful. It's great. But I wanted to work with people. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to research some, you know, like people work positions. <laughs> and yeah, I just went through some so many options. And this one was the one I liked the most. Um it also has some very good reviews. So again, it's reliable, it's trustful. I know where I'm going. And yeah, then I had an interview with the volunteer co- coordinator. Mm-hmm. She's from Germany, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. And yeah, and she said like, she comes with me. She offered me the job. Um, that's and, it. That's and it. Was, was that um, a Facebook group again, or was that a website? Uh, it was a website. It was a website. Uh, I think it was like a platform for different volunteering jobs, and then if you clicked on a certain offer, it would refer you to the actual website of the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not one hundred percent sure. Actually, I can Google that. I think it was called Volunteer Abroad or something like that, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I have it here. Oh, sorry. It's called volunteerlatinamerica.com. Mm-hmm. So on this platform, there are so many, there are like hundreds of opportunities within Latin America. So if you if, that, if that's something that interests you, you can definitely check that out. Yeah, that is so cool. And so how, um, kind of similar to the au pair, I guess you, you won't yet know exactly, but Do you Mm -hmm. know yet how your daily life is going to look like? How much you're going to work? And yeah. Well, I have some information, like theoretical information, but I have no idea how that's going to be in actual life. (laughs) But for now, what I know, I will be in charge of first grade and second grade kids, which I'm pretty excited about, but also worried about because this is like the essential age for, you know, like learning the English because they they are... Uh, coming from like a nursery when they had some basics but like you know you know like they don't really know much yet so mm-hmm. my role will be introducing them to the English language mm-hmm. so yeah it's kind of responsibility but I'm excited I'm excited for that and the school should be going on from Monday to Friday as everywhere in the world, uh, from seven to two. Hmm. Okay. Cool. So, so then the rest, yeah. I guess, you have time to to do other things to explore. Time for myself and also time to plan the lessons for the upcoming day because mm. there needs to be a lot of planning done as well and you know marking the exam. <laughs> and that's so cool. And, and things like that. And are you? So what is kind of include like? So that volunteering position. So do you get like accommodation and food as well? Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, there is, yeah, as you said, accommodation and food provided. Uh, 
this is actually pretty cool because uh, there will be like a big shopping list on Friday evening for all volunteers. We will write down what we need and the school will buy it for us. And this will be done like this every week. And then we will be having uh, breakfast and lunches at the school with the kids, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if with the kids, but at the school for sure. And then we will be in charge of our own dinners, uh, which, will, which we will cook from the food that the school bought for us. And also we will have to prepare our own meals during the weekends. Yeah. Mm. And, and do you know how many other au uh, pairs <laughs> volunteers <laughs> are going to be there? Uh, mm. I must say the number has been changing quite a lot because there were a lot of people who wanted to come from the UK, but now there is a travel ban for the, for the, mm. for the people from UK. So they can't come anymore, which is pretty upsetting. Mm. Uh, maybe they will be able to come later, but for now there is no information really but at the moment i think there are not that many people around five or six people uh, including myself mm-hmm. who purchased the flight tickets and who have everything scheduled and planned so yeah around around that number but i have no idea if there are already going to be some volunteers or if there are, there are going to be some volunteers coming later on during the school year I really don't know. I really don't know how it will work out. <laughs> mm. And so do you have like uh, like a WhatsApp group with them already? Like, do you know them already? Yeah, like we had a WhatsApp group and it was pretty active like two months ago, but now it's dying, I would say. <laughs> Because I think like the girl who created a Facebook group, she was from the UK, so she's not coming anymore. Or I'm not sure. I haven't seen her name on the list anymore. So um Yeah, but yeah, we have WhatsApp group and the uh, volunteer coordinator, she's in touch with us constantly. She's been sending out emails, different updates. So yeah, I've been having regular updates and regular information. So that's good. That's yeah, good. <laughs> that's very good that you like are taken care of. And like, yeah, yeah. I, I remember like when I went to Scotland, um, I don't know if you were in that too, but there was like a Facebook group for like Woman Hill where you can like meet your flatmates before. Yeah, I, I think so. I can't remember, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's always super nice to like know kind of who is going to be there. It makes you feel a lot more secure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I have a few last questions just to like round off this awesome episode because there's so much like knowledge in there and insights and <laughs> tips so thanks so much for sharing um so someone is really wanting or or still thinking should I go abroad in 2021 should I not and um, what would your advice be on that like if someone doesn't really know if, if it's good to go or if they should wait mm. Well, I would say go. Like there is no reason to wait really, but it really depends on your situation, on your, you know, like on your health, on the health of your family, on the health of your surroundings, and also on the purpose of your travel. I would say if you want to do like a, I don't know, city trip to Paris, for example, <laughs> I would I would not advise that because there is not that much to do there anyway. Uh, You know, coffee shops, restaurants are shut down. And in this case, it's maybe better to wait a bit and 
yeah, just wait a bit for a better experience and you will enjoy yourself better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then if it's something like in my case, like a travel for a job or for, yeah, if it's something that it's maybe organized or like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like you have, you know, you have the facilities and everything provided there then I would definitely say, yes, go. <laughs> so this would apply to, yeah, like volunteering jobs, offer jobs, uh, even like studying abroad. I think I think if you want to study abroad now, you should do it now because, yeah, like who knows what will be, uh, what will be happening, I don't know, in, in a year or in a half a year. Yeah. No one knows, no one knows. It's uncertain for sure. Uh, but there is no guarantee. Maybe I'm being a bit neg- negative ma- now, but <laughs> there is no guarantee that everything's gonna be normal mm-hmm. in a year or so. So if that's something you really want to do, just do it now. Maybe you will have to make compromises. Maybe you will have to, I don't know, work a bit harder. Uh, but yeah, everything's possible if you want. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely. I think what like what I admire about you, I mean, I've always admired that because I feel like I I haven't yet garnered that personality trait yet, but you're so um, adaptable and like spontaneous as well and like so trusting and you say mm. yes without knowing everything. Like I feel like a lot of us, we are always wanting to plan everything perfectly, be in control and just know exactly what's going on and, you know, we we feel like we have to have this certainty like everything needs to be predictable and safe Mm -hmm. and you know of course there needs to be a level of that like Mm -hmm. you know you still make sure that you're safe and you know you know what you're doing where you're going you know what to do when something goes wrong um Mm -hmm. but you're still like yeah I don't know how it's gonna go but I'm gonna take the risk because there's probably more to lose by saying no then there is to lose when you say yes. Yeah, because it actually applies to my lifestyle and the way I live. Because as I said at the beginning, traveling is part of myself. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. I don't really think about it. As I, as I said before, like, I don't really think about it, like something impossible or something like that. It's just part of my life, part of my lifestyle. And I, to be honest, to be completely honest, I can't imagine staying at home. It's like, it's, just not even a possibility for me to stay uh, to stay at home for a year or something like that so I just have to go (laughs) if I say like I have to go for my own sake for my own mental health for my own happiness and it's also a way for me to make money to support myself and yeah it's it's just the way it is yeah that's awesome and So for anyone who is like, yes, I want to go abroad in 2021, I want to find an opportunity, what's one piece of advice you would like to give them? Uh, Don't be afraid. Uh, Don't be afraid to take risks. Mm -hmm. And just be open-minded. Be spontaneous. Um, And yeah, just follow, follow your dreams. And don't really wait too long, because if that's if there is something you really want to do, you really want to achieve, 
do it now or at least start working on it now start really like preparing planning and yeah just go for it because we don't know what's going to happen today we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow we don't know what's going to happen in a year so yeah if there's really something that's been on your mind that's been you know calling you for a long time just go for it and follow your heart follow your inner voice and just do it <laughs> yeah uh, thank you and and to be honest like i think that's something that i have definitely learned that this um and, and i mean you're living this too like this mentality of like let's not wait let's do it now mm. um like how beneficial it has been because i can remember like so many times like you know when we went to that to to spain you know and like second yeah. year or like to to ireland and and all of those things it's like those trips in the moment i could have also said oh i'm just not gonna do it i'm gonna do it later because i was not swimming in money at that point and i could have mm -hmm. said oh it might be you know more responsible to save that money and mm -hmm. to you know wait but it's like like literally like th that we did that that we said yes in the moment that we that we just did it because we were like well you know we don't know what's coming we have to do it now like that has paid off so much like I'm so yeah. grateful for like all those experiences yeah and, yeah, yeah and yeah I think you know this whole pandemic really taught us that we we always think that things are guaranteed to us and that they're promised to us but they mm -hmm. really aren't like mm -hmm. if you can do something now even if it's a bit different then you should take that opportunity yeah I agree 100 yeah totally <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast thank you for inviting me <laughs> oh, so much fun to chat with you so how can listeners connect with you how can they follow your journey uh, so I'm probably the most active on my Instagram account which is Jana Zlunkova <laughs> and uh, you can also find me on YouTube I don't post so much but I try to post like once a month or so also Jana Zlunkova um yeah that's it <laughs> i like honestly yana's like oh my god yana's so talented when it comes to video and photography oh. so you're like not gonna regret following her just for the aesthetics of it as well so. i will try to post more when i'm in honduras because i think it's an experience to share oh, oh my god <laughs> i can't wait to see all of everything that you create yeah. there. like all the content is gonna be so epic <laughs> thank you I really hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the Driven by Curiosity podcast wherever you are listening right now. And it would mean the world to me if you gave it a five-star review on iTunes so that, you know, we can spread this message and we can share it with even more girls around the world. So thank you so, so much for listening and you will hear from me in the next podcast episode on the Driven by Curiosity podcast. Bye.